What's up, guys? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I'm Justin Michael, and today we're going to preview the Toledo game. Then we're going to dive into some of the Mountain West lines. There's some really interesting games in the conference, especially from a betting perspective. So looking forward to diving into it all. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the Toledo game, come out to Panhandler's Pizza in Fort Collins. We are having our first ever DNVR Rams watch party. Would absolutely love for you guys to come out, watch a little college football with me, enjoy a little local pizza, maybe throw back a couple of brews. Look, guys, I mean, there's no secret that it's been a rough start to the season, but it's still going to be a really good time Saturday afternoon, just everybody getting together as a community, supporting a local business, and you know, just enjoying college football because at the end of the day, we're all college football fans and we all appreciate it. I know it's tough when your team is a bottom dweller and being memed on a national level. Trust me, like as somebody that has to live through this every single day, I, I clearly understand the frustration, but it's early in the year. There's still time for improvement. And honestly, this Toledo defense is pretty suspect. Like, I, I think there is a possibility for CSU to have some success in this one. So I'm looking forward to really diving into it. But again, come out to Panhandler's Pizza, hang out with me, hang out with Lindsay Sauer. You have an opportunity to win a free Trey McBride shirt. If you haven't seen those, go to the DNVR Locker uh, or, you know, my Twitter account or DNVR Rams. We have posted it a bunch of times. These bad boys are officially licensed. They are in collaboration with Trey McBride. He will profit off of them. Really, really awesome that we can do this, you know, with these new NIL deals. It's legitimately a game changer and i'm looking forward to getting our david roddy shirt down the line looking forward to partnering with more athletes it's it's really cool to see the the direction that this is all trending like i said though today we are going to be going over the toledo game and for the rams to beat toledo they're going to need some stability on the defensive side of the field they did not have that you also need some stability when you are looking for a mortgage broker and you guys it's just stressful trying to buy a house right now if you've attempted this process you know exactly what i'm talking about the housing market, it's crazy in Colorado, so let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They are just going to alleviate so much of the stress and take some of the worry off your plate. Their ultimate goal is to take the stress and buying out of refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind, with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. They're able to shop over a dozen different lenders with many different products to find the right fit for you. So they're not just your traditional mortgage broker. On top of that, they want their borrowers to know who they're working with, not feel bounced around. They take the, they take the time, excuse me, to help their borrowers be as informed as they want every step of the way. And Mike and Virginia will take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners right now. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472 or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, let's talk about this Toledo matchup. You know, I think a lot of people still haven't gotten over the last time these two teams played over 1,200 yards of offense, like 57 first downs. Just an absurd game. I mean, I had kind of forgotten how just wild some of these stats were. CSU lost 41-35 to on Ag Day in 2019. 
Patrick O'Brien was 32 of 52 for 405 yards in this one. Uh, on top of that, Marvin Kinsey had 246 rushing yards and a pair of touchdowns. Unfortunately, Kinsey got overshadowed because Brian Kobach of Toledo also went for 228 yards, but he had three rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown in this one. Three rushing touchdowns in the third quarter alone, all of them at least 35 yards, one of them a 75-yard run. I mean, this game, it did not lack explosive plays. I mean, it was it was kind of like your traditional Mac matchup, you know? It was a shootout. It was back and forth. It's one team going for 75 yards. It's another team going for 75 yards. It was a whole lot of fun to watch, but unfortunately, I think that style of play really favored Toledo. And because of that, you know, going into this one, especially with Kobach back and so many of their playmakers, they don't have Mitchell Guadani at QB anymore, but they do have a lot of the same playmakers on offense. I think the Rams' best chance for success in this one is kind of a grinded out game. You know, it would be to control the tempo, to run the football effectively, to probably not go tempo because you're going to want your defense to be as rested as possible because it's just going to be such a tough matchup for the D offensively, you kind of have to throw them a bone a little bit and give them a chance to regroup, dictate the pace yourself, and obviously capitalize when you have opportunities to score because you don't want to come away feeling like you felt after that Vanderbilt game that you just had so many missed opportunities. Red zone chances, third and short, you know, you got to convert in those opportunities. Field goal opportunities, obviously they need the kicking game to be much more reliable moving forward. But I just think dictating the pace and being the team that controls the tempo in this one is, it's going to be really important because, you know, CSU has some explosive guys, obviously, you know, you can, you have some home run hitters. David Bailey is capable of, of breaking off a big run. Ajon Vivens is capable of making a big play. We all know what Dante Wright can do, and hopefully, you know, he's able to play in this one. But if it's nothing but shot after shot, I think eventually it's just going to favor Toledo. I mean, that's, that's what the Mac does, you know, change the quote a little bit. You merely adopted to the shootout. I was born in it. That was an absolutely terrible Bane impersonation. But you get what I'm saying. I mean, Toledo, if it turns into a, a slugfest where both teams are just going shot after shot, eventually I think that's going to favor them. They've played in a ton of those style games over the last couple of years. And quite frankly, CSU's offense just really isn't built for that type of game. They were in the Bobo era. They're not anymore. They have to run the football. They've got to kind of grind it out. And you are going to have to take some shots. So as, as much as I am talking about, you know, playing a slow, methodical, grind it out type game, not very sexy, you are going to have to take some shots downfield and stretch them every now and then just to keep the defense honest. Because, you know, as we saw against South Dakota State, if they just stack the box against you all night, it's going to be tough sledding when it comes to the run game. And that might be what Toledo decides to do. They might follow that blueprint and say, you know, we saw what David Bailey did in that first half against Vanderbilt. We also saw what happened against South Dakota State. And if we make you rely on your passing game solely, you're probably not going to be able to consistently score points. So you got to win the trenches on offense. You know, you got to be able to run the football. David Bailey looked great in that first half. They kind of went away from him in that third quarter. And that's kind of when everything went to shit for the CSU offense last week. We'll see kind of what they've got dialed up this week. I think... If anything has happened this year that would reaffirm Steve Adazio's belief in his system, and I know this is not what CSU fans are, are going to want to hear, it's the outcome of these games because, 
you know, they threw for like 300 yards and completed 70% of their passes or whatever against South Dakota State. They still lose that one. Then in this one, in the second game, as soon as they go away from the run game, that's when everything kind of goes to crap. So I, I kind of got to imagine that Adazio is really doubling down on his, you know, we have to run the football approach right now. And while I do think that there are teams that it's just going to be hard to, to do that against, Looking at this Toledo defense, I do think CSU should be able to, to run the ball a little bit. So key number one, run the ball effectively on offense, stop the run on defense. The second, the second key to me is just going to be to limit explosive plays. We already talked about in the 2019 matchup, Toledo could not be stopped. They were 37-yard touchdown, 45-yard touchdown, 75-yard touchdown. That's so demoralizing especially when you're playing well offensively and then you just see them go out and and score with ease. It puts a ton of pressure on your offense because you feel like you have to keep it up every single time. And defensively, you start to get in your own head. You know, can we even stop these guys? You know, what's going on? They're absolutely punking us out here. So I think limiting those big plays is going to be really key. You know, through the air, obviously they're going to be pretty thin in the secondary. Losing Logan Stewart for a targeting call was brutal, especially because I thought that was maybe a little bit debatable i don't know he definitely dipped his helmet it's it's just so tough because i think targeting needs to be somewhat officiated by intent but i think intent is hard to judge so that it's this whole like rabbit hole you go down regardless they're not going to have him looking pretty thin in the secondary not sure if you're going to have a jay either he also went down in that last game and you need a much more complete performance from marshawn cameron he was the best cornerback in the secondary last year he struggled pretty substantially early had a bunch of pass interference calls, I believe, three times in week two. I mean, that's that's unacceptable. You know, if you're a starter, you can't be getting called for PI three times in one game. What was really frustrating was he was actually in position, I thought, in at least two out of three, and really maybe even three out of three. He's just kind of turned his head. Just turn your head around, and you give yourself some wiggle room some to allow the refs to give you the benefit of the doubt. But he didn't do it. Not one time, and that's why he got flagged three times. You can't give up big plays and you can't get flagged for big pass interference calls because that's the same as giving up a big explosive play. Kind of off of that, obviously, you just need to play much more disciplined in general. Just way too many penalties last week. But I mean, that's a pretty generic key to victory. You Penalties is going to be a factor in any game. So I didn't, I didn't want to pull the generic TV move and do that. So I think limiting explosive plays is really going to be big. And obviously, you got to play smart football and you know, not get called for unsportsmanlike conducts and targeting and just an excessive amount of PIs. Play smarter football, point blank, period. The last key for me is just going to be to get somebody involved in the passing offense that's not Trey McBride and that is not Dante Wright. You want both of those guys to have great games. Ideally, especially if Dante plays, both of those guys are going over 100 yards. You're relying on the ground game. You know, you go for 200 or so yards on the ground and then maybe like 250 through the air you know maybe 100 of that's to Trey 75 of that to Dante but you need you need somebody else to kind of step up they've had some troubles with drops early whether it's Jordan Kress who I think could be another guy that to stretch the field so far we've seen a lot of attempts down the field to Dante when are we going to see some of that with Jordan Kress that was his entire game at New Mexico and we have not seen you know, John Budmeyer take advantage of that so far could be an instance of him still getting comfortable with the system and all that. But at some point, just dial something up and, and let him use his speed and go deep. Maybe you're able to to connect on a big shot. 
send him and Dante deep. See if you can catch the safety, you know, sleeping a little bit. I, I just want to see somebody else step up because I think we've seen even when Trey has a phenomenal game and even if Dante has a great game on top of that, they still are going to need that third option, whether it's Jordan Kress, whether it's Ty McCullough, EJ Scott, who obviously got tackled at the two-yard line in that 2019 loss, heartbreaking. You need somebody to step up. Cam Butler at tight end, maybe. I mean, just somebody else go over 40 yards receiving in this one on top of a good game from those other two, again, assuming that Dante plays. But, you know, Trey McBride can't win a game for you by himself. If if he could, he definitely damn well would because we know that dude's going to give all his effort. But you just, you have to get somebody else involved. And this is the week to do it. You know, we're, we're getting towards conference play. We're approaching what should be some of the more winnable games. I, I do think that trip to Utah State and the trip to Albuquerque are going to be much tougher than anybody that doesn't follow the Mountain West understands. New Mexico's on a four-game winning streak right now, guys. While CSU's on a four-game losing streak, UNM's on a four-game winning streak. I'm I'm intrigued to take them to cover the 29.5-point spread against AM, and I'll talk about that later. AM just looked terrible. That's not really me thinking like UNM is gonna win it or anything, but their backup quarterback situation was atrocious. UNM's offense is also much improved. You know, it wouldn't shock me if they lost by 24 or something and ended up covering. I I think there's some uh, some value there. Anyways, I'm, I'm going to talk about all these other lines in a second, but ultimately you've just you've got to find a way to win this game if you're CSU. I'm I'm not sure it's going to happen. You're 14 point underdogs. That's a really tough situation. This is a very experienced Toledo team. They're going to be incredibly confident after going on the road, and they should have beat Notre Dame. Like they sh- they had that game, and they kind of let it slip through their fingers. So you know they're going to come out feeling good. But you got to find a way to win because otherwise you're staring down the barrel of an 0-5 start. And that's just brutal. That's so demoralizing. That would be the last thing you would want is to be 0-5 going into those games at Utah State and at New Mexico win a situation where it's like, if we don't win these, we might not win a game all year. That's a really tough situation because Utah State looks much improved. And CSU is UNM Super Bowl right now. They haven't beat us in 11 years. They want it bad. I mean, they made that incredibly clear at Las Vegas Media Days. The players, the coaches, they know how long it's been, and they want to beat CSU. And based on the start, they're probably going to go into the game feeling like they're legitimately the better team. You know that trip to Iowa is going to be brutal. They might be the best team in the Big Ten. you got to find a way to get it done this week. You just have to. Your backs are against the wall. You've got a lot of veterans. You know, create some turnovers. I don't care if it's the sloppiest of games, if it's ugly as hell, just find a way to win. Because while this certainly isn't a good team top to bottom, they do have too much talent to start 0-5. I mean, that would be a total failure. And at that point, you're looking at the coaching staff. But this is just a really big game, a really big game for the Rams. And I'm interested to see how it plays out. Again, come out to that watch party at Panhandlers. You're going to have an opportunity to talk football, to hang with the community, and maybe even win a Trey McBride shirt, which would be really cool because those things are sick. All right, let's talk about the other spreads around the Mountain West. Before we do, though, week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. All you got to do is bet $1 on any football game this week, you're going to receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. That means if you bet $1 on Denver to beat the train wreck, 
of Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. You're going to get $200 in free bets. Maybe you double down and do some same game parlays. I think this one's going to get ugly. I am a Broncos fan, but man, Jacksonville looks bad. Feels like a pretty good opportunity to make a little bit of money. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, which makes it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game this weekend. That promo code DNVR to get your $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out the friends over at Manscaped. Guys, autumn's in the air, pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys get ready for cuffing season like no other. Get ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped. Join the two million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. And when you use the code DNVR, you're gonna get 20% off plus free shipping. So, so clutch. It's time to bundle up with Manscaped, the performance package 4.0 is gonna include the Lawnmower 4.0, which is the best trimmer on the market. This thing has a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming incidents. It has a 4K LED spotlight. I mean, this bad boy is good to go. It's got a 9,000 RPM uh, motor. It's got a light, it's waterproof. The thing is just perfect. On top of that, they're gonna hook you up with some free boxers, some crop reviver. They know how to treat their customers right. The nicest travel bag you're ever going to find. This thing is awesome. I carry my razor in there, a trimmer, toothbrush, hair gel, toothpaste, full sizes too. None of that travel crap. Uh, A comb. I mean, I can fit it all in there with room because Manscaped makes all of their products quality. Again, make sure you are using that code DNVR for 20% off your order plus free shipping. Make sure you also check out the Performance Package 4.0 the best male grooming trimmer on the market. We love Manscaped. You'll love Manscaped. Go check it out. All right, that uh, that reads a lot more pleasant than the Nate Diaz bloody balls one, I must say. Um, Some interesting lines. I already already teased this one a little bit, but New Mexico, 29 and a half point dogs at Texas A&M. The over-under is 50 in this one. If you're feeling crazy, the UNM money line is plus 2,500. I mean, you could put a dollar or two on it and just see what happens. I'm pretty tempted to take them to cover that 29 and a half point spread again. I think Texas A&M wins this one easily. I do think it's a blowout. But 30 points is a is a pretty big spread for a team that has some pretty serious offensive concerns at the moment. My only worry is that Texas A&M gets the ground game going and they just kind of kill UNM in the trenches and then, you know, then it would be easy to win by 35. But if they turn the ball over, if UNM's able to score a couple touchdowns themselves, it could be interesting. I mean, that CU offense left a lot to be desired in that matchup, so going to be an interesting one. Um, I guess I would lean taking UNM to cover the spread just because I don't like taking teams to cover a 30-point spread, but definitely looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. Wyoming hosts Ball State, and they are seven-point favorites in this one over under 53 and a half. The Wyoming defense has not been as good as expected. They do have a couple of standouts. Chad Muma is a freaking stud, but 
they've kind of been in a lot of tight games, so seven points might be too big of a spread, but you can't get it at plus 100 for them to cover, so that's probably where the value is. I do think Wyoming wins this one, so if you are going to take them, there's probably more value in taking them to cover than there would be to just take the money line straight up. Uh, but interesting to see if the Pokes can go 3-0. and The Mountain West game I'm probably looking forward to more than any of them outside of Fresno State-UCLA, which could be just an awesome shootout, is Nevada at Kansas State. Nevada on the road, two-point favorites over the Big 12 Wildcats, over under 50.5. I think if Kansas State wins this one, it's you know a, a grind it out. They run the ball well, maybe get the, the ball to Deuce Robertson a couple of times on a screen, do something like that. Nevada, though, they're going to try and air it out. I mean, their offense has not skipped a beat so far this season. Carson Strong looks awesome. He's getting lots of guys involved in the passing offense. Romeo Dubs is killing it. I really like Nevada to win this game. And because of that, I would probably parlay the money line with the over. You know, 51 seems very doable in this one. Nevada's defense is not phenomenal, so I think K-State will score some points. I just don't know if they're going to be able to, to limit Nevada because I do think Kansas State is actually a pretty good team, but I I just have so much faith in this Nevada offense. CSU, 13.5-point dogs at Toledo right now. It's actually come down since 14.5 the last time I looked. Over under 58.5. I would stay away from this one. If anything, you maybe take Toledo to cover the first half spread, which is 7.5, I believe. There's just so many different ways this could play out, but it definitely could get ugly. I just hate advocating to bet against the Rams, but I guess if you're going to lose, maybe make a little bit of money. It's it's just going to be such a tough game. San Diego State hosts Utah, and they are eight and a half point underdogs in this one. That feels way too high. You can get you can get the money line at plus two fifteen, and I would highly consider that. But I would definitely take San Diego State to cover that spread at home. Their offense looks much improved. And Utah hasn't, I mean, they've got some kinks to work out. On top of that, and, you know, take this for whatever it's worth, San Diego State just always plays well against Pac-12 teams. Like, that's almost a rule of mine. If San Diego State's playing a Pac-12 team and they are underdogs in basketball or football, just take the Aztecs. You are going to win more times than not. And it would not shock me if the Aztecs beat the Utes. Not at all. But again, that eight and a half point spread, I really like them to cover. Air Force is nine and a half point favorites against Utah State at home. That feels pretty steep to me. It wouldn't shock me if Air Force won this. I I don't think they're a great team. And I think Utah State is explosive enough to steal this one if they can create some opportunities down the field. Over under a 53 and a half, I'd probably lean the over. But if Air Force's defense is able to contain them and then obviously run the ball and really play a slow, methodical game, then maybe the under has a better chance to hit Utah State money line plus 270 for, you know, I know they started slow against North Dakota, but that offense looked pretty potent, man. They they're firing right now. I'm I'm very interested to see how this one plays out. Boise State, three point favorites at home against Oklahoma State over under a 57 and a half. I have no idea what to expect in this one because I'm I'm not sure how good UCF is, and I'm really not sure how good Boise State is either. They Beat the hell out of UTSA at home last weekend, or yeah, I believe it was UTSA. It might have been UTEP. I, you know, meh. This Oklahoma State team, I think it's going to come in and punch him in the mouth a little bit. I'm not sold on Bachmeyer. I just, I feel like he's been overhyped most of his career. 
I like Oklahoma State's chance to, to pull the upset here, but that's probably a stay-away game for me as a better. UNLV, 32.5-point dogs at home against Iowa State. I like the Rebels to cover that spread at home. Again, I think they get blown out. I think Iowa State just has too much offensive firepower. But they're a team that has not impressed at all. I mean, talk about draft stock just tanking the last couple of years. Brock Purdy, you know, the, the Cyclones quarterback, this dude has not been good. They're going to kick their ass, so you're kind of just hoping they can hang on and, you know, only lose by 30 or less. But I like their odds at home, 32 and a half. It's not like it's going to be a rocking atmosphere or anything. There'll probably be more Iowa State fans there than UNLV fans. But, you know, you're still, at least you're on your home turf and your stadium and all that. And, and 33 is just a massive win. It could happen. We've already seen a couple teams do it. I mean, Fresno State spanked a couple of teams this year. But Iowa State's offense just, it doesn't impress me that much. It just doesn't. Fresno State, 11.5 point underdogs at UCLA. This game's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to it. Over under of 63.5. You can get the Fresno State money line at plus 330, and that is super juicy. Because I think this Fresno State team can hang with anyone. We already saw them go on the road and, and contend well at Oregon. I love them to cover this 11.5 point spread. Absolutely love it. I'm, I'm going to sprinkle the money line too, though, because I, I think there is an opportunity for an upset here for the Bulldogs. It's going to be the best team that UCLA has played so far, and that's kind of crazy considering they played LSU. But the Tigers are in for another miss season, and this Fresno State team, they're just they're playing at a really high level right now. We've already seen them hang with Oregon. I love Jake Hayner outside of Carson Strong. He's my other favorite quarterback in the Mountain West. He's just athletic, strong arm, can make the touch passes, and he's great at improvising. I mean, he's the perfect quarterback for the modern offense. Ronnie Rivers is a stud in the backfield, and Jalen Cropper is one of the more underappreciated wide receivers in the country. This is essentially Fresno State's Dante Wright. This dude is freaking explosive. Like, he can absolutely torch you. I like their chances. The last game of the night is San Jose State at Hawaii. Get your coffee ready. Um, San Jose State, six and a half point favorites. It's always tricky to go to the island, but I like the Spartans opportunity here. It's Hawaii has not been good. I thought they would be much better. Um, they haven't, I was wrong. And I just kind of expect San Jose State to make a statement win here in their first conference game of the season. All right. That's all I have for today. Make sure you tune in to DNVR Rams late night. We'll be going live around nine or nine 30 PM mountain time via the DNVR sports YouTube on Saturday night, we're going to have DNVR Rams late night every weekend. Uh, I do have to come back down to Denver after the watch party and, and like media views and all that. So we'll go later. It's going to be fun. Give everybody an opportunity to refresh, get some dinner, you know, watch some other college football and then come back to the show. Thank you to everybody that tuned in to the first episode. It was a massive success considering we went live at like one in the morning. The chat was popping. We had great uh, viewership numbers. It was really encouraging. So I hope that continues throughout the season. I am going to be joined by Eric Weedham, a.k.a. The D-Line. He does all of our designs. Going to talk to him about just what it was like, you know, designing the Trey McBride shirt as well as Nate Landman of CSU. Um, it's so dope, guys, that we have Nate Landman and Trey McBride as DNVR athletes and David Roddy as well, obviously. I mean, these are some of the premier college athletes in the state. And the fact that we get to partner with them and, and create gear and allow them to profit in the in the process is it's pretty freaking cool. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm very excited to get Eric on. We'll play some games, you know, depending on the outcome of the game. It could be, you know, trying to 
make some joy and laugh at yourself through misery, or if they pull a big upset, obviously it'll be really fun, and we'll talk about how that all happened. But win or lose, we are going live Saturday night with DNVR Rams late night. Do not miss that. I'll obviously have post-game coverage, written content, all kinds of stuff, as I will throughout every game this season, because it's just going to be a good time. I mean, there's nowhere I would rather be than watching the game with CSU fans. Um, I just like feeling the the atmosphere of a stadium. But again, really looking forward to, to being with you guys. It's going to be an awesome time. And uh, yeah, see you all there. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm not.